Episode number 687, How a $5,000 Loan Became a Multi-Million Dollar Business. You're listening to the official BNI Podcast with BNI founder and chief visionary officer, Dr. Ivan Meisner. Stay tuned for networking and referral marketing tips from the man who's been called the father of modern networking, along with suggestions and insights into getting the most from your membership in the world's largest networking organization, BNI. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the official BNI Podcast. I'm Priscilla Rice, and I'm coming to you from Live Oak Recording Studio in Berkeley, California. And I'm joined on the phone today by the founder and the Chief Visionary Officer of BNI, Dr. Ivan Meisner. Hello, Ivan. How are you? I am doing fantastic, Priscilla. Thank you very much. So, the the loan that you mentioned uh, in opening this podcast is actually a student loan that I received, and so I want to I want to say right up front before I say anything else, um, I want to say that the story I'm about to tell you uh, about the student loan, it, it, it was, it's a story that I, I used the student loan to pay tuition. So I didn't use the loan to start the business, but I'll explain how that student loan led to a multi-million dollar business. And I'm doing this because in podcast number 456, 456, I made an offhanded comment about the fact that I have had a business that's been running longer than BNI, and it's a real estate investment company. And a couple of members uh, that I've talked to and several uh, posted, Ben and Carolyn, uh, for example, uh, posted comments that they'd love to hear how I started that property or real estate investment company. And so that's what this story is today. Uh-huh. Okay, great. Tell us about so, it. Yeah, so most people know that know me as the founder of BNI, but I actually started a property and uh, management uh, real estate investment company three years before I started BNI. This was 1982. And I was recently going through my old files, and this was after that episode, it was literally a few weeks ago, and I ran across the paperwork for an old student loan that I took out during graduate school. It was 1982, and I had applied to USC, University of Southern California, for a doctoral degree, and I really wanted to do my PhD there, but I, I had to figure out how to pay for it if I was accepted. Several years earlier, I had been accepted to Occidental College for my bachelor's degree, and I was offered a 50% scholarship to go there. But I couldn't afford the other 50%, nor could my family. So I went to a community college, then I went to a state college, because that's all I could afford. And they were great schools, and I'm glad I went, but um, I just I couldn't afford the private school. And although I didn't know how I could pay for the doctoral program at USC, I didn't care. That was my what's called a terminal degree or last degree, PhD. That uh-huh. was my goal. Uh-huh. So I applied and I was accepted. <laughs> and then I had to pay for it. Right. Now, I had received a couple of small scholarships, but the lion's share of my tuition still had to be paid for by me. And at the time, I had a, a full-time job in LA. But I wasn't making enough, really, to cover my living expenses and the doctoral program. So I actually took on another job before I started the degree. I had a few months. So I took on another job and I worked as many hours as I could so I could save up enough money to pay for that semester's tuition. Wow. And and just to put it in perspective, uh, one semester at USC uh-huh. cost me more than my entire bachelor's degree did. <laughs> 
I believe it. So one semester was more than four years of college at a community college and a state college. But that was my vision. That's what I wanted. So I worked those two jobs. And at the same time, I applied for a student loan for $5,000 to help me pay for a semester at the university of my dreams, my goal. The thing is, I had no idea if I'd get the loan because I'd never done it before. But I applied. And I worked hard at the same time to make money just in case I didn't get the loan and I would figure out what to do the next semester <laughs> after I'd you know, paid this if I didn't get the loan. Well, within a few months, uh, right before I was ready to start USC, I was approved for the student loan. Uh-huh. The thing is, I also saved $5,000 for my extra work. Oh, right. To, to pay for most of that tuition just in case I wasn't approved. So there I was, Priscilla. I had $5,000 in cash in my bank and $5,000 available for a student loan. What should I do? Should I use the $5,000 cash uh, to pay for school? Or should I accept the low-interest student loan for school and invest the cash? Uh-huh. And that was that was always my vision, you know, I would invest it. I wasn't going to go out and buy a new car or do something, you know, blow the 5000 So I, for me, it was like it was a gift. Yeah. I had 5000 and I had this loan. So uh, I knew I couldn't keep working crazy long hours for the next several years to continue to pay for university work, two jobs plus full-time school, full-time doctoral degree. So I decided to take the low-interest loan. And I used the 5000 in cash that I had earned, and I applied it to the down payment on a condominium, which is the beginning of my real estate investment company. Oh, wow. And go ahead. You're going to say something? Well, did you? And so you, you put this down payment on the condominium, and then you rented it? Is that what you did? Well, at, so my, I, I couldn't do that at first. I lived in it for about two years. Uh-huh. Uh, almost three. It was the end of 82. It was uh, by, by the end of 84. Yes, it was two years. By the end of 84, I bought a home. It was the home I started B&I in. Oh, wow. Okay. And I kept the condo. So by 1984... Technically, 84 is when I started the property management business or the real estate investment business. But my first real estate investment was this condo. By 84, I was renting the condo out and I lived in another home. The home was the home I started b and in. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So that condo was my first, and I had planned on holding the condo and, and renting it out. That was my first real estate investment that I bought in 82, started renting it in 84. And that's where my journey began in the investment property business. Now, you see, I flipped that condo a few years later for a larger house up in the mountains. And in the United States, this may not make sense outside the U.S., but in the U.S., there's something called a 1031 exchange where you can, for, from tax purposes, sell a house, buy another house, not pay any taxes on it because you're buying another house for the same purpose, which is to, to use it as a rental. So I flipped it for a larger house a few years later. And then a few years after that, I flipped it for another house that was larger. Mm -hmm. And years after that, I flipped it for another two homes. So that one $5,000 investment right. became a larger home, then a larger home, then two homes. Uh -huh. And I just last year 
flipped those two homes and it paid for 50% of a commercial property that I was building in Texas. Uh-huh. So the original loan of $5,000, which I used for tuition, allowed me to use my $5,000 in cash and turn it into a $1.8 million commercial property. <laughs> That's so crazy. Now that, now that process, that was 82. You know, this, is, this podcast is uh, 2020, so you're talking about 18 years. I'm sorry, in 18 years, 38 years. You're talking about a long time, 38 years. Um, but still, that's an amazing return on the investment. And of course, my wife and I have made other cash investments uh, over the years. And we've turned this little company that I started for just a few thousand dollars into uh, a multi-million dollar business with now 10 commercial properties. Mm, wow. And dozens and dozens of tenants. And all of this has happened because I got this loan. And uh-huh. of course because I worked really, really hard to earn the money and invest it, not blow it on things that wouldn't matter uh, decades later. So this is a story that I thought might be of value, and, and certainly Ben and Carolyn thought they would like to hear this story. This is a story that's about the use of leverage. Mm-hmm. Leveraging the small amounts of money that you have. And the second part of that is the commitment to discipline. So it's a story about leverage and discipline. Leveraging your money and using discipline can lead to incredible success. I used leverage and discipline later to help build the BNI business. Mm-hmm. And, and those two things have amazing results. The truth is I could retire tomorrow just on my real estate. Mm-hmm. Wow. And and it, 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 you know, it took a long time to get there. And I think sometimes people start business, they're in business for three, four, five years, and they're like, why, why am I not, you know, filthy rich? My experience is it takes time. It takes leverage and it takes discipline and it takes hard work and it takes time. These are all the things that I have found uh, that work. And I'm a real believer in real estate. You know, I've had people say to me many times over the last 38 years, oh, real estate will never, you know, there's a drop in real estate. Real estate will never be what it was before. And let me tell you, when people start saying that, that's the time to buy. Uh-huh. Because yeah. you buy while real estate is on sale. Right. And hold it for a long time. And when real estate goes up, that's when you sell or what I tended to do was to flip it for another piece of property that was bigger and flip it for another piece of property that was bigger. And that's how I created a, a business that has actually been around longer than B&I has. Uh-huh. And done really well for, by it. Yeah, yeah, it's done really well. Um, and, you know, at some point, I, I didn't manage the day-to-day operations of the property management. I got somebody else, a B&I member, as a matter of fact. His name's Craig. Shout out to Craig. Uh, Craig um, manages all my, almost all of my property uh, in the Texas area. I think there's uh, two places that he doesn't manage, but uh, he manages eight of the properties that I have here and uh, has done a fantastic job. So uh, let me wrap it up here, Priscilla, and then I'll turn it over to you. Uh, I just want to tell everyone, uh, a few years ago, I paid off all my student loans. 
and interest. I was really, it was an incredibly proud day for me. This is a really true story, Priscilla. I'm not making this up. Uh Four weeks later, I got a letter from another university that read, congratulations, Dr. Meisner, your daughter has been accepted to our university. (laughs) Go to this portal to make the tuition payments on her behalf. I have been paying tuition (laughs) for some 35 years now or more, because when I was done paying off my student loans, my children uh, decided to go to school, and I even have a niece who I'm helping out in school. And so I've been, <laughs> I've been paying student loans and tuition uh, for many, many years. But this time around with my children and my niece, I didn't need student loans. I paid for it myself. Oh, that's great. Well, I know well, how expensive uh, college has become. It's outrageous. It's yeah. Yeah. But that's wonderful that you can help other people get through college also. That's, that's great. Well, you know what? I think uh, education is the great equalizer in the world. That It certainly was for me. I grew up in a very, very blue-collar, humble um, surroundings. And so it, it enabled me to uh, be much more successful than most of the people that I went to school with and uh, high school with. And so I'm a real believer in education. And, and it's one of the reasons why the BNI Foundation focuses on children and education, because I think it, it's a great equalizer in the world. People with a good education can step out of whatever environment they're in and better themselves and better their family. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. And it also gives the person a great deal of confidence. Oh, yes, absolutely. Very true. Well, great. Thank you so much, Ivan. Do you have anything else you'd like to say about this? Nope, that's everything I've got for today. Thank you. Okay, perfect. Well, the sponsor for this podcast is www.ivansinnercircle.com. And Ivan has assembled a wide variety of different topics for you, and you are invited to participate. Thank you so much for listening. This is Priscilla Rice, and we look forward to having you join us again next week for another exciting episode of the official BNI podcast. <laughs>